Hey, this is Dwayne Larson, and welcome to It's a Music Thing, a podcast about, well, you guessed it, music. Each week, I'll try to bring you new stories from artists and other people in the music industry. I want to make this podcast one of your go-to music podcasts. There are a few ways you can help me make this happen. Go subscribe on iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, rate us. Also, tell your friends about It's a Music Thing. Nothing like word-of-mouth advertising. That goes a long, long way. Also, check out and follow our social media pages. It's a Music Thing MB on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, it's It's a Music Thing. The website is It's a Music Thing.com. Also, if you f- want to, drop me a line at It's a Music Thing mb at gmail.ca if you have a show idea or would like to be interviewed or heck maybe you even know someone that wants to be interviewed all right enough of my droning on and on let's get on with the show It's Dwayne from It's a Music Thing. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being patient. I've been working very hard kind of behind the scenes, setting up a bunch of interviews. I've got a lot in the can. I've got a lot to announce eventually, hopefully soon. I've got some giveaways that I can't tell you about yet, but they are they are coming. Uh, free tickets to shows, stuff like that. Uh, new sponsors, just, yeah, just a lot of new stuff. But enough about that. On this uh interview i got the chance to sit down with rihanna if you haven't heard of rihanna she's uh she's from winnipeg here she's a uh i I don't know the best way to explain her music she um i'm just that's why i'm just going to read from her biography on her facebook page which you'll find in the the comments if you want to check out i'll have a link to her facebook uh or probably instagram uh, more importantly, her Bandcamp page where you can, and her website where you can purchase the music. You can check out the, you can purchase, yeah, purchase music, check out her videos. They are phenomenal. She does, she is such a well-rounded artist when it comes to just her music, her vision that she wants you to see. And like, ugh, I, I, I just can't explain how good it is. Um, but she does a lot of stuff with, uh, this is right off her biography. I'm just reading it. Uh, she bends noise into music by running her voice, breath, synth, and percussion through loop pedals, and it's it's a, it's a real treat to see it live. I can I, I can't remember the first time I saw her live, but I was just taken aback by how one person can just make all of this happen with just yeah, like her voice and her breath and just looping stuff over and over. So in this interview, or in in our conversation here, we talk about how she's kind of learned how to do this, um, how she's learned from screwing up, and kind of funny stories about that. And actually a really funny story about uh, one of the first times I met her was I actually found a check to her from, I don't remember where it was, but it was just on the ground, and I'm I just like, what what is this? Who is this Rihanna? So of course, I went home and did the, the doctor Google or Facebook search. And sure enough, I found it and gave it to her. And that's the first time I met her. She is very sweet, a very, very nice person and an incredible artist. So I really hope everybody enjoys this interview. Also a big, 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 big thank you to uh, my sound engineer, um, my 
pal, my buddy, my confidant, um, Mikey Lipanowski for lending me some microphones and cables and stands and fixing up the audio that you're going to hear. It's going to sound so much better. Um, another one of the huge things I've been working on is getting uh, better quality in, in the podcast just because I don't want to give you guys subpar things. So I really hope everybody enjoys it. Thank you again, Mikey. And here's my conversation with Rihanna. Um, I guess first and foremost, who, uh, who am I sitting here with today? I'm Rihanna, and uh, I'm a Franco-Manitoban artist. That's, um, I mean, first of all, I'm in awe of anybody that can speak any other language <laughs> because I, I took French up until I didn't have to in like grade 10, and then I'm like, I'm done. I can't. I, it, it was just way too hard. So I think if you're not connected to it in some mm-hmm. way, it's like, you know, that's my main problem with the way that we teach language is that yeah. it's why would you care if there isn't like a real reason to connect oh, with it, with it you know for sure like verb conjugations is not a reason yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I yeah. mean yeah like growing up I was grew up in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. so we were I think there's one like Gravelberg I think yeah in Saskatchewan has a somewhat of a French speaking community or populace but then when I moved here 10-ish years ago now, it was like, holy shit, like there's a lot of people that speak French yeah, and then there's totally. big, like big things around French speaking stuff like Festival de Voyageur, which we'll get into yeah. later. But um, yeah, so yeah, the fact that you can speak, sing, write in two languages is incredible to me. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's funny you mentioned Saskatchewan because that's actually where... Um, the co-producer of my album is from, and he's also a Franco. Oh, well, really? He's a, a Francescois, we call them. Okay. Um, and so there is actually like a huge tie between the mm-hmm. um, the community here and then the communities where's, further out west. Where's he from? He is from a tiny town called Saint-Denis, which is just outside of, um, of Saskatoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, nice. But we all kind of, you know, the community is so small that um, we all kind of find each other Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know the per- performers that are Francophone, like all the way out West mm-hmm. very well, because we kind of create our community that yeah. way, you know? I mean, I, yeah. I find that way with, uh, especially like music, like our community is so small that like, even when you get to the, uh, like Bell MTS level stuff, all the touring people that do the work. They all know each other yeah, and they're course. all like people are coming and it's like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. We're so small. We're like, all like one or two degrees of separation away yeah. from each other. Yeah. And, which is, <laughs> it, it just baffles me sometimes when it's like people are like, Oh, you know this person. I'm like, yeah, I know. How do you know? This is weird. This totally. is weird and wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I guess to start everything off, I kind of start every conversation off like this. Do you remember when you, the, the first music you heard where you were like, oh, this is a thing that I like really enjoy and not like, you know, wheels on the bus or something like that, but like the first kind of outside influence. Huh. I guess I started, I I was listening to music in a way that wasn't super critical, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a great way to listen to music. Yeah. Uh, As I, you know, as many people while growing up and, um, and then, 
funny enough, just recently I started digging back into um, some of the records that I just loved when I was, you know, yeah. 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening a lot to to Sarah McLachlan. And, okay. Um, and that's like super distant from what I do now. And, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, and had and I had really not thought about it uh, for for years. And um, I think she is kind of under appreciated. Oh, hundred percent. I was I I've been uh, yeah I've been digging back into the archives. I had all the piano books, you mm-hmm. know, when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. All the... <laughs> Would like sing my angsty Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin songs at the piano. Yeah. I think it's funny that you say it's it's far removed from what you do now, but that was obviously a building block into kind of creating like the musician who you are now. Mm-hmm. It, was there anyone else that kind of like you you mentioned Sarah McLaughlin? Was there anyone else that kind of started that off for you as well? Well, funny enough, I like, I'm a pretty nerdy person. And all right. <laughs> we all have our things. <laughs> well, it's it's just it's it's a funny thing because I I think there's like a bit of a you know when you're on stage you kind of have this privilege where people just like think that you're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the the reality is like I I grew up um, a lot of my high school years I actually really dove into. Um, into classical music and into into jazz, and I ended up studying jazz. So that was actually the music that I was like mostly oh, okay. listening to um, in my, you know, early twenties. Yeah, um, and it's still music that I that I think is just endless. It's so rich and mm-hmm. um, and is a huge foundation for me. Um, but that was kind of the detour that I, I spent a lot of time in, and that uh yeah that music was like a huge foundation for me yeah. um and then since then i i'd say i kind of have done my homework on like the indie giants so mm. i just you know listen to like a ton of radiohead and, oh, and okay. bjork and um another artist that has just been so instrumental for me is um james blake and oh, okay. um sufian stevens as well so those are kind of the the artists that i've gravitated towards since I started mm-hmm. kind of getting more into what I'm doing now. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've definitely found that cause like, as I get older, my, I don't want to say my music tastes are mellowing, but I'm really not, I'm, I'm trying not to fall into that, that trap of being like your dad, which is not a bad thing, but it's like, I don't want to be like the stuff I listen to in the early 2000s is the only stuff I listen to right. now and the only artists that they keep putting out records, but it's slowing down. I'm constantly looking for new things. So I found as I get older, it's like things are slowing down a little bit, but <laughs> totally, I, I just keep looking for new stuff. So yeah. I mean, is that something you keep doing as it? Cause like a lot of the ones you mentioned, like Bjork and Radiohead and stuff, they're, they're older. Mm-hmm. And so like the time between releases has slowed down do you keep looking for new stuff to kind of inspire you? Yeah, definitely. Um, but even, you know, I, I think, well, both those, those artists are kind of exceptional in the sense that Tom York just released Anima not very long ago mm. and, um, and released like this wild video, uh, you know, um, special with it. And, yeah. and Bjork has been doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So they're kind of, I, I feel like they're a little out of the, norm in that mm-hmm. way where they just keep cranking it out, which yeah. I think is just totally mind boggling. Um, but I definitely try and, and stay on top of 
what's coming out and um especially since you know I'm diving more and more into producing I think mm-hmm. it's it's like a duty in that sense if you want to be producing other people's music then mm-hmm. you most definitely should be keeping up yeah at the very least with with you should be feeding your creative innovation yeah. in some way. And I mean, I imagine the technical yeah. world on that side of things is probably <laughs> endless. Yeah. Like I, ju- I just saw a video clip of, um, I don't know if you've seen this YouTube series, YouTube series or not, but it's um, three or four producers and they get one sample. And then each of those producers cut it up and make it. Th- and I'm just, I, I didn't, it was a half hour video and I didn't, I don't understand what goes into producing. Um, but just to see it, this one was three different people the it, it sounded completely different totally. and crazy and wonderful. And yeah. so I'm like, I can't even imagine like they had different plugins and stuff. So yeah. like that side of the, the industry producing wise has got to be like endless. I'm sure. Oh, totally. I find if anything, I am constantly in, in what we do, I'm constantly actually trying to put constraints on myself because it's like total paralysis if mm-hmm. I don't. You know, there's just yeah. way too many options. Yeah. Um, whether it's what to listen to, whether it's, you know, what to write or um, where to tour or, mm. you know, there's just so many um, things that we can do. There are yeah. so many things that are available to us. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to actually kind of go the opposite way where I'm like putting, I, well, that exercise is a great one where mm-hmm. you have a constraint on you and you have to make something from it because yeah. it kind of makes you be less, um, precious too. Oh, for sure. And not weigh every decision. Like it's the biggest decision of your life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, growing up, did you play anything? Like, um, I'm assuming piano cause you said mm-hmm. piano books. Uh, was that kind of your, your foray into the musical side of things rather than just listening to it? Yeah, I, I played piano and then, well, voice has always been my main instrument. And okay. I actually uh, was, I, I kind of hesitated to call myself an instrumentalist prior to a few years ago when I mm-hmm. really started doing it a lot more and realized, oh, actually, there's no reason that I shouldn't be calling yeah. myself that. Um, but I think because I had studied voice for so many years and that's what my university degrees in as well. Oh, okay. I, I just was, you know, I, I was sort of, uh, blinded to the fact that, um, that I was doing these other things that, that mm. are totally a part of my, my work as well. So, um, voice was definitely the main thing the main growing one. up. And then I did piano lessons as well. And, but I mostly just banged out um, emo covers yep, at the of piano. Of course, of course. Some My Chemical Romance, you yeah, know, why that not? That was my sister, but... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I know them because of that, yeah. so, yeah. And as you kind of started progressing as an artist, like you said, from piano and then your voice was your main one, mm-hmm. you start introducing... Like, cause I remember the first time I saw you, which is a while back now that I can cool. remember. I don't know. Everything kind of blends together. But the first time I saw you, it was one of those things that you just had like the loops and everything going. And I was just, I just sat there and I was like, Holy shit. That's, that's one person doing all of this. And it sounded so good and so full and so rich, but there's one person on stage. Um, my long winded question. Um, <laughs> can you remember first starting getting into that and how, like how daunting was that to like so see 
all this stuff in front of you and be like, I'm, I'm scared to press a button here. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness I was kind of um, blind to, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was getting started and I was not approaching it with any kind of expectation or judgment. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad because I think if I, um, if I had had kind of more insight into what I was maybe going to try and do, yeah. it would have just been way too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely getting my ass kicked at the beginning, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's just really, um, it's a, it, well, looping in particular, in a way it was great because it forced me to just get real honest about my tuning mm-hmm. and real honest about my timekeeping, you know, yeah. all of those things get exposed when you, when you work with loops and you have to, yeah, you have to no live with it, you know, for yeah. the rest of the track. And, um, and so that was, that was cool, you know, to, mm-hmm. to really just, uh, kind of get better because of, of that exercise. Uh, but definitely, you know, I think back to some of the super early shows and the stuff that was, you know, just like yeah. things crapping out yeah. me making like crazy mistakes. And, and, and I just think, wow, I'm so glad that I was kind of, well, not naive, but well, Kind of, like, yeah. you know, just when it was a a time where I, I could just afford to, I didn't have a name mm-hmm. to the project. I didn't have, there wasn't kind of the stakes that I feel maybe are there now. And yeah, um, where you're a little more professional and like, yeah, you're yeah. a little more seasoned. Totally. And yeah. I think I would actually shy away from, from cutting my teeth on stage now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was definitely what I was doing back then. Yeah. You know, just learning like in front of audience members. (laughs) There's not, you know, there's no better way to just like remember something for the rest of your life. Did you have one of those shows, (laughs) like one of those early on shows where like things just, whether technically weren't going perfect or well. And can you remember one of those shows where that happened? Oh yeah, um, definitely. And how did you deal you with know? it? Like, cause I, I would, especially being in front of people, I mean, I'm, I've got the, the privilege of, I'm a photographer, so I, I work in front of people, but I've, I've definitely had malfunctions too, where it's like, I've blown a shutter in the middle of a shoot and I'm like, shit, I'm, I, I'm just going to go over here. <laughs> totally. And in my mind, I'm like, it's racing. Everything, kinda, yeah. every bad word is going, but you just have to play it cool and do it. But that's totally. also not in front of people that are just watching me either. But in the same way, like if, if you were shooting a wedding and you and you started freaking out, I'm sure that wouldn't put the the happy couple at ease. No, definitely and, not. You know? <laughs> and no. it's like you have the same responsibility as a performer to just hold it together, mm. you know. And and I've um there's there's a some artists that I uh, love a band called Sylvanesso and um I was watching one of their live uh videos and it was some big huge it was like for pitchfork I yeah. think something like that and it was just like a huge performance maybe in LA or New York I can't remember which and um and their loop uh they was off and they stopped and they started again and and you know the audience was just like laughed about it everyone yeah. laughed about it and and they just kept it light and and <laughs> seeing that I was like oh that's nice to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah like people up here on this level are still doing that yeah I'm yeah. allowed to do this that's good I saw Bunny Bear do the same thing once in a show like live in a show I yeah. saw him kind of 
uh, mess up his loop a little bit. And I was like, okay, this, you know, this is not that I'm glad that these folks are having a hard time, but you know, it's, it kind of reassures you that you just have to, you just can't make the audience feel bad about it. Oh, for sure. You know, you have to let them in actually. And be like, oh, this is what's happening. You know, once I had an issue where like straight up in the sound check was so fast Mm -hmm. that we checked everything except we checked um, I do have some now. I have some of my beats that are um, that are in the loop pedal, okay. kind of more like a drum machine. Yeah. And um, and I had not plugged. I just straight up had not plugged my mic into my loop pedal. Oh, and so okay. you know that just wasn't happening. Of yeah, course, when yeah. I went to live loop and um, and. I just turned, you know, just turned it into a little tutorial about yeah, how no, the looping sure. works. Yep. And, Which is, know. I mean, yeah. if I'd been in the audience, I'd been like, oh, okay, okay, that, no, that makes it, yeah, yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like you said, it just brings them in and it's like, okay, everything's fixed now. I'm going to do my thing. You guys enjoy this. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, what was I going to ask? Uh, you recently made history. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. I did a little research. I like to go in a little willingly ignorant of who I'm interviewing. But I mean, you've been around for a while. I've been around Winnipeg for a while, mm-hmm. shooting for a while. I've seen you a few times. Um, but you uh, at the Western Canadian Music Awards, you're the first Francophone artist to take home producer of the year. Yeah, that's a pretty huge thing. Honestly, I. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was, um, it was with um, my colleague and dear friend, Mario Lepage, who is the person I mentioned earlier, um, who lives out in Saint Denis in Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we, when we even couldn't believe it when we got nominated, you know, we were just so thrilled and, um, and, uh, you know, both of us have been doing stuff for years now, Mm -hmm. but when we, you know, we interact a lot with our communities, um, but we are a little bit in a different sphere making, Mm. you know, the industry that we mainly interact with is, is based in either in Quebec or sometimes in Ontario and Mm -hmm. then, and then a lot in Europe. And, um, and so sometimes we, we feel like we're a little bit in parallel, but not necessarily, I'm not always sure if people like see, you know, what we're up to because, because it is so separate. Mm. And we, both of us have talked so much about how to us, it's super important to try and connect the the communities and because we aren't Quebecois and we aren't from France. We're yeah. from here. Yeah. We're not Francophones that, that have moved here and that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're, this is where we come from. And so it's like so important to us to feel like we're like, we have a foot here. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so we were just really thrilled yeah. that, that, that recognition uh, or recognition came and, and also just super surprised and, you know, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it, it was really, it was a big moment for us. When you first started, cause like, obviously you're, you're producing your own stuff. Like you're creating your own content. You're doing all that. Mm. And you've started producing other people's or just like, I'm have just you been starting. Just yeah. starting? So just How have you found that, that journey from doing your own thing to like kind of producing other people's like for other people, I guess I should say. I love, I love it mm-hmm. so far. Um, obviously I, I, I think I'm still at a stage in the projects that I'm working on where, um, 
I there are going to be some harder moments because mm-hmm. the, I find the harder stuff is always in the last, you know, the last 10%. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and I, I'm not there with those projects yet, so um, it's still sort of in the the more dreamy yeah, phase. Yeah, the dreamy honeymoon you know? where it's like, this is fun <laughs> and this is great. Yeah, until you have to start really making some, mm-hmm. some big choices. Um, but um, I'm really enjoying it, and it's actually uh, sort of... I, I used to do so much more work with other people because mm-hmm. when I was uh, freelancing a bunch and that's how I was, you know, making a living, yeah. that's every day you're figuring out how to work with other people. And, and, um, and I just always loved, um, always loved putting shows together and, mm-hmm. and then ar- doing arranging. That was, you know, my favorite part of, of that was coming up with arrangements. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of translated, I suppose, into, into now a recording environment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just a blast. I, I really love it. I also love when my job is not to, to have stakes in it. Mm-hmm. You know, my job is to, to help create mold. Yeah. Shape something and, and, and to, to be in, as impartial as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, you want to, you know, you want to bite into it and you want to, yeah. you know, you want to fight for it. But yeah. but it is really different to to approach something without necessarily the baggage that you're, project, you know, approaching your own project with. Do, do you think you could ever, because like you, you or I've often seen it, um, it's usually producers that are like creating music and content for other people and then they kind of morph into an artist mm-hmm. and then they go that route. Could you ever see yourself going the other way and being like, you're an artist and you're obviously probably always will be an artist, but could you, would you be comfortable going into like just producing and that's how you're making your, your living and that kind of thing? I, th- I think so. Yeah. I am not quite at that juncture yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I always will want to find some kind of balance where, um, but there's, you know, hopefully many years ahead. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, of course, yeah. Um, and so I can't imagine, you know, being on the road for the next 40 years nonstop, you mm-hmm. know. Surely there'll have to be some different projects in there along the way. And, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty open to seeing how how it feels and how it goes, mm-hmm. you know, because if there's anything that I have sort of internalized over the last few years is that you can, you, you know, you can't control anything. No, you, for sure. You really can't. And, and you can do your best to, to hang on and to follow, you know, to make the best choices based on kind of what's unfurling mm-hmm. around you, you know? Yeah. So this past year in see. 2019, you did quite a bunch of extensive touring all through, mm-hmm. um, through Canada uh, not too much in the states, I don't think. No, I I've only played in the states a couple times. I mostly in Canada and Europe. So for the states, yeah. would you are there like pockets of um, or like French speaking areas that you'd like like to get into? I think I'd like to get into them not from a, a strategy standpoint, mm-hmm. but from it just like a connecting with my people standpoint. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, <laughs> um, there's such a you know, legendary, um, connection between the Louisiana, mm-hmm. uh, community and the, particularly the Acadian community in Canada, which is the East coast. Oh, okay. Um, but even, you know, I've spent some time in, in Acadia as well. Um, 
and I just love, I don't know. It's like, it's like being in a big old family mm-hmm. for me. It hits, it hits something that, that is, um, hard to, hard to convey, I yeah. find. Um, and it's not, it, it doesn't necessarily fit with what I do mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, like electronic beat making and, and yeah. synth, synth focused stuff necessarily. So it would be more, I think, from a personal standpoint that I just think it'd be kind of like going going to the well a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? Yeah, and just immersing yeah. yourself in everything in your community and yeah. just meeting people. And yeah. yeah, like I love hearing people's stories whenever I get a chance to travel and I can actually understand people because I'm very bad at accents and it's like I have to sit there and be like, Okay, I think I got it. I think I, I think I know what you said. Like just this past week in uh, Jamaica, it's man, it's tough because people speak very quickly, and like the little bit of French that I do know, it's like I think I understood what. You, if I could read <laughs> it, cool. I'd be better off that way. But mm-hmm, yeah, I totally. could see that just being able to go immerse yourself in kind of like yeah, your community. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be some like an, a nice. Uh, you know, a really fulfilling thing to do. But from the, you know, from the standpoint of what I do, I'm not sure that that, it would be much more to just feed my, myself, you know, as a person um, and as an artist in that way, but not necessarily, I don't think for, for the touring with the project so far, because, you know, also the visas, everything to Mm -hmm. go down to the States is quite an investment. And and at the moment I'm just hitting Europe pretty hard and, and want to kind of keep, you know, I've been lucky to to get to do that, and I want to kind of keep pushing there for the moment. Yeah, and and touring in Europe, have you found everything very well received? Like the crowds are coming out, the people are. Maybe it's not a stadium show, but like they're coming out and they're being very appreciative as to kind of what you're doing. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a it's a super different energy. Mainly, I find around uh, the language because. I've been mostly touring in Germany, um, okay. and you know, every time I say that I that I mostly tour in Europe, people mm-hmm. think, "Oh, France, uh, surely." Yeah, um, which is actually I have toured in France, but not as much, not nearly as much as as Germany. Mm-hmm. And what I find kind of fun about playing in Germany is that it, French is usually everyone's. It, it it's certainly not their first language mm-hmm. usually, and it might be the third language that they speak potentially, or the fourth language that they speak in. Yeah. And so the connection to it is is really different, and mm-hmm. but English also in general is not the first language that's spoken there. So yeah. there's kind of like a neutrality in a sense towards the music, um, where because my shows are almost always bilingual, mm-hmm. so the connection to the to the lyrics is is kind of neat in that way. Mm-hmm. That for most people in the audience, it's you know, it's not their first language anyways. So, yeah, yeah. so there's kind of like an openness to, to, uh, the French music that I wasn't necessarily expecting mm-hmm. at first, you know, it kind of took me by surprise. Well, even, even listening to the new album on, on bad band camp, I, like I said, I don't speak French at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm very hesitant when I have to speak another language cause I don't want to, I don't want to seem like an idiot. And I know as long as you it's try. It's so hard. You know, we all, it's so yeah. hard to put yourself out there yeah. that way. Like for sure. what, what, I'm going to Mexico tomorrow or in the next few days. And I even have a hard time being like, see, or like, como esta? Like, it's just, and, and then I'm like, I second guess myself and I'm like, am I saying the wrong thing? Like, I'm like, 
I, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. Totally. Um, yeah. But listening to the new album, not speaking any French, it's, I, I mean, you just kind of lose yourself in what you're creating. Mm. And I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it. And I can just like, oh. it lets me kind of turn everything off and just like listen to your voice and the music and just like, I could sit in an empty room and just, or a dark room and just let it play. And I would be completely happy with it. Unfortunately, I'm in front of a computer letting it play, <laughs> but it's very relaxing. Wow, thank you. When you're creating songs and music, is that what you, what you kind of strive for is just having like people react like that? Yeah, I think so. And it, it does change from song to song for mm. me because there are certain songs that, um, where the way the approach to the text is, um, is m- more like an instrument in the mm-hmm. sense that I'll choose, I'll privilege certain words, not because the word itself is exactly the meaning that I was looking for, but because it sounds beautiful, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, that's a way that I like to write. Yeah. Um, and, but then there are other, some other tracks that where the, where the text is, uh, super important to me. Mm-hmm. And so I try to kind of convey the feeling behind it in, in some way. Oh, okay. Um, and so it, it kind of depends from track to track. There are some that are really conceived from much more of an impressionist mm-hmm. standpoint, you know, where it's just about the, about the music and, and yeah. um, kind of the sounds and the feeling that they evoke. And then some other, in, I mean, in French music in general, the culture comes from, uh, you know, this like very like where where there are these super super long and like it, detailed stories and mm-hmm. um where the lyrics are paramount and they're like the most they're sacred. They're yeah. you know, and, and so um it is kind of a a different approach to I think that is something that that Francophones in Western Canada um you know, people often ask us what's what's different yeah. about this and what's what's the sound like. And I think partly because of our cultural immersion mm-hmm. and the fact that we listen to all kinds of music and um, it ha- makes it so that the um, the lyrics are kind of melded into the music in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I love also this huge catalog of of songs where the you know the language and the the text is just like in your face yeah Yeah. so so it it's kind of a melding of the two I guess for Mm -hmm. me I I think anyway that's where I come from I always find it really interesting when when artists say because I'm like what what comes first the words or the music and usually it's a 50 50 split it's like no we write the song and then we fit Mm -hmm. whoever's the the songwriter will put the lyrics into the song, but you're kind of like, you're 50, 50 up the middle. It sounds like it's like, sometimes you probably have a line or like a course and it's like, no, this is what it's going to be. And now you have to like meld the music. Yeah, totally. Or completely opposite. You have this music. Often my songs have come. Well, yeah. Often they've come from one sentence, but, Mm. but both come together. The melody. Yeah. And and the lyrics, and then 
And that just kind of falls from the sky. And then the rest is like this super tedious process of like building that out into something, you know? Yeah, because you, you had said that uh, on, on the new album, some of the songs took over six years to write. Yeah. When, when, you've, when you reach a point with a song, like one of those that took over six years and probably some that are still in the works that you haven't released and you're still working yeah. on, how do you stop yourself from getting discouraged and being like, fuck this, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm done with this. I don't want to work on the song ever again. I mean... I guess it's by collaborating with other people who Mm -hmm. then bring like a totally new life to it Mm -hmm. because the songs in particular on the album that are quite old uh, are some of my favorites on the record now. And they, um, they kind of just sat on the shelf for a really long time and they were pretty complete. Mm -hmm. And then I, but they had never been recorded. Um, And even coming back to them, we did make some changes to the structure, like to the integrity of the song, oh, even, okay. which I wasn't necessarily expecting to do. Um, but it was more the intention around the recording and, um, and the parts and then the production around them that just totally uh, brought them right to the forefront where I now still feel like emotion performing them, oh, okay. even though I, had thought that maybe that tune was kind of dead for me or, you know, had just lost its, its, um, its bite. And, uh, and so that process of, you know, when you see someone else kind of take stock Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and get invested in something that you wrote, like you better find a way to get invested in that too, you know? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So... (laughs) And how important is it, because like many musicians, when they're writing a record or a song, a lot of those songs don't get performed live. Mm-hmm. They're just solely album only. How important to you is it to be able to kind of play, maybe not the whole record, but like three chord, be able to play three quarters of the record live? That's not really ever something I had to think about because no? for me, it's, it just happened the other way. Where oh, okay. I actually played those songs that that are you know six seven years old. Mm-hmm. I, I was playing them on stage for that many years. Oh, okay. So it was it was they actually worked themselves out and um, became better through the process of of playing shows and mm-hmm. um, and kind of accumulated. You know, I'd I'd have some of the parts on the record are parts that you know, someone three years ago playing guitar for this one show thought of adding this one thing yeah, and then yeah. it stuck, you know? And and so um, I, I've never had to really think about it the other way just because for me it it, it just happened because I came from a freelance background mm-hmm. where where per- playing shows was the f- the first thing I did. Yeah, that's how you, like you said, you're, you're cutting your teeth. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so I... I did years of, of touring before even setting foot in the studio. Mm-hmm. And so um, I never had to to think about how I would flip it around because because all the songs actually came through the ringer, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, in, it, on that kind, side. Kind of like a you know? yeah. where you like go up and yeah, tell your right, jokes. Yeah. You're like, ooh, that didn't work. <laughs> that was not Let's great. Let's change this. Or like you said, someone <laughs> yeah. added a little bit and you're like, yeah, we're gonna keep that little bit in there now, and yeah. yeah, that's that's a great way. I think that's there's no right or wrong way to do music, but I think that's the right way to do music <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Because you see so many artists that like blow up and they're huge, 
granted, I don't know their backstory, but it's like, really? Yeah, <sighs> it's... I, like, there's so many... It's so individual, you know? Like... I think... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Billie Eilish. Just mm-hmm. obviously just blew up, won six Grammys. Not saying she hasn't worked hard for it. I've seen a few YouTube things of like where they recorded it, where her and Phineas like produced it, recorded it, did it all. It's like in a tiny little bedroom, which is great. But I'm like, you're 16. I know bands that like have worked really hard and still aren't getting it. But I mean, she's also the first time I heard one of her songs. I'm like, this is it's weird and different. Really and innovative. Like, yeah. I really like it. Like I'm a huge fan. I'm hoping at some point I'll get to see her live, but yeah, it totally. could be a while. And it's also, I guess it, it, that hits on an interesting point because we really, when you work in music and, and you take a sec to, to kind of step back and look at the big picture and, and think about it, we all kind of know that it's a lottery, you know, yeah. Like that, yeah. and we, you know, I, I let myself kind of, not think about that mm-hmm. too too much while I'm in the thick of it, but of course it is. Of course we, there are certain people there that are gonna hit some that are gonna hit a stride, or and and it's gonna and it's gonna flip them to to a tier that they couldn't have imagined. Yeah. You know? Um. And I guess to me, what's what I really care so much about is is if that that it needs to make sense and that it needs to be possible for music makers at like any I, I hate using this kind of word, but any level mm-hmm. to 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 be compensated for their work and to have and to be able to make work. Yes, you know? for sure. And and so I I try to step away from from, you know, that spiral of comparison because mm-hmm. it's also with with the fact that we all have to be broadcasting our careers on social media now and, yeah. and it's actually like required of us, you yep. know? Yep. Um I I think it's just so easy to to get into that mindset where it's like, well, that's unfair or that's mm-hmm. you know, that's di- that's out of balance because of course it's out of balance, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Of course it's it's not proportional. Of course it's of course we can we can't control it and we can't rationalize it. It is this weird business where you can put you can put everything you have into it and you don't know what's yeah. gonna you know, you don't know if it's gonna work and you don't know if you're gonna yeah. get compensated and you don't know if you're gonna you <laughs> <Yep>. know <laughs> you, you don't know. know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and so sometimes seeing these people, you know, pop up, it, it can yeah. be just so confronting in mm-hmm. a way. But but also I, I am sure that at times people have likely thought the same thing about about an opportunity that I got and mm-hmm. thought, you know, well, how come? How, how come? come? How yeah, come they get it, and I yeah, don't get it. Be, because if we look at it that way, it's 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 so hard. It's yeah. so hard not to not to feel those those feelings. I've and I, yeah. in doing some reading on you and some research about you, uh, something I found very interesting, which I think a lot of artists go through. As you had said, you felt like you had an imposter syndrome. Like you, I don't know if it's, if I can remember this right or not, but like you didn't belong or like you're just, you're, you're faking it till you make it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and that ties in very nicely with what we were just talking about is do you, and in listening to new music and discovering new music, do you try not to, when you're creating and making new stuff, like 
put yourself beside those people and be like, well, why can't I do what this is doing? And like, just kind of like straying on your own path. Yeah. I really try to protect the creative process. It mm-hmm. sounds so cheesy, but it's, it's true because yeah. I, I do spend a lot of time doing things that are not creative. I, well, that are creative in a different way. I spend <laughs> yep. a lot of time doing admin work around tour dates. I mm-hmm. spend a lot of time doing promos. And that's when I feel those feelings most. That's when mm-hmm. I feel most, um, or not the feelings of imposter syndrome, but the, the feelings of, of anxiety around comparison and around, you yeah. know. Around, but, but when you get down to the music, that's, I think, anyways, where we're all you know, where we can all just talk a, a common language and, yeah. and where it just becomes kind of, it doesn't matter anymore because yeah. it's like, this is the real, this is the pure thing. This is the, this is the juice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I try to really protect that, um, that process because it's otherwise I, I think I would kind of lose my anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have those feelings for a long time, and I, I, I think some of it, well, certainly some of it, was due to um, having come up through a, you know, a program that was um, that expected very little of women and oh, okay. uh, you know gender nonconforming mm-hmm. people, and um, and so I, um, I could never have imagined that I was gonna be doing beat making or producing or even getting into synths, all that stuff. I had such a mental barrier to it because I, um, because it was just never expected of me and it was never, and that benefit of the doubt was never kind of granted in Mm -hmm. a way. Um, I think that's why I for so long hesitated to call myself uh, a producer mm-hmm. and to call myself a beat maker, even though I had, I had been doing it and for years, doing, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, more and more of those, those doors are kind of being opened mm-hmm. and, um, and I, I think that's great. Um, and I hope that it will continue that can, way, you know? Can you remember the moment, kind of that aha moment where you're like, you know what? Like this, <laughs> this is what I am. This is what I'm doing. This is who I am. Was was there one of those moments for you? There was, and it wasn't even, you know, it was like so asinine, but I was in a show and and it was a few years ago and it was just this moment where I realized like that I knew more about what was happening mm-hmm. and how to fix the problem yeah. than the technician. <laughs> and and that's fine. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, but I was just getting so much crap from that guy, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, you you don't know, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. And that's okay. But, yep. but but it was just kind of all these years I had I had just thought, oh, well, they must know and I don't and, you know, mm-hmm. this and that. Or they and, know better than exactly. me or whatever, and, yeah. And I had, and, and I was like, no. An XLR is just a cable with three holes in it that goes into a hole that has three prongs in it. You know, yep, like it's yep. not rocket science. Yep. It really and 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 also women can do rocket science. Yes, so yeah, of course, hundred you know, like, percent. It's not. Yeah. It's not this like sacred thing mm. that only this dude can understand. Yeah. You know, so I it was just. It, 
and it's funny it wasn't you know it wasn't a big show it wasn't a big yeah thing but but i was just like hang on here like are you serious that you're giving me like, you're, you're giving me this, this much grief right now, over, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's like is, i know what this cable is you don't well and it's just it's it, it just really that made me realize that that was happening, you know, that I was mm-hmm. underestimating my knowledge and yes. and also underrepresenting my knowledge mm-hmm. in in many areas and I was also just afraid to that if I asked a question, you know, that that or or if I didn't know something or if I kind of was wanting to to sh- you know dive deeper yeah. i was i think i was just so afraid that that i would somehow be you know like letting everybody down and mm-hmm. that i would I, I think a lot of times that's actually what's standing in the way is that we feel as though we're being so underestimated so often that that the times where we do, where we need to you know learn and that's how all of us learn mm-hmm. 100% we we were like afraid to because because we can't kind of have the benefit of being wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're just scared to ask maybe a question or how someone like a technique, whether it's music or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just don't want to be like, Oh, you you don't want people to think, look at you and be like, Oh, well they're stupid. Yeah. Not stupid, but like, Oh, they're not there yet. Totally. Totally. But why? Cause then you just have to ask. Yeah. And then you'll be there. And then it's like, okay, good. Cool. And and then I think just my biggest fear was that, you know, back then was that they would think, oh well, you know, she's just a she's a stupid a stupid girl, yeah, you know, which you're definitely not. <laughs> but I've I and I think that's changing. I think so too. Which is great yeah. because like, um, and I know I talk about them probably too much on this podcast, but July talk, I love those people so much. They're the sweetest human beings. And they try to keep, I've seen them in a few shows. One of them where Leia actually stopped the show because some asshole in the crowd said, let me see your tits. And she's mm. like, no, no. She's like, she's like, who the fuck was that? Totally. And everyone's pointing at him. She's like, you get the fuck out. She's like, we're not playing till he's out. Totally. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah. Totally. And it's just like so absurd to have some guy show up and say that to you in your workplace. Yeah. You know? And like <laughs> they also keep a very woman heavy or woman identifying female identifying crew. Like their sound person is a female. They're, I think their, their tour manager was or is female. Their photographer is a female. Like it's to be, it's just so good to see that changing more and more and more and seeing Mm -hmm. more people doing like the the crew work which is great yeah i i really think that that is also one of the places where you know the change can be most um where the change can be most um obvious Mm -hmm. because because for so many years that there was just kind of people were being shut out you know and and um and so I think that's really exciting. And and I also, to, I mean, f- I see it as an opportunity for us to, to use our, our buying power, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think that having people of all genders in, in my team is, mm-hmm. is, you know, only making my team stronger better. and better. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it can sound so it, you know, it can sound like, Oh, let's all hold hands and say, but I really mean it. Yeah, I no. really mean it. Yeah. I, 
it it makes my team better. It really just does. You know? um, and something also about your team and yourself is if anybody's ever been to one of your shows, you also have a very dynamic live show. Like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts <laughs> going on. Like there's a lot of lights, there's kind of a story within a story. Like it's, it's, it's amazing to watch and see. And even in your videos that you released for the new album, mm-hmm. there's three. Yeah, of them. there's three. That's right. Um, they're all so beautifully done. Oh, and it's just you. like, is that, when you're when you're creating how how much input do you have on that side of things and while you're creating the song do you already have maybe an idea of that it's like oh this is going to be a video or this is what i want to happen on stage yeah i mean that stuff for me is just as much a part of the project as the music is I um, I love doing visual work and mm-hmm. that's actually in a you know secret other part of my life like okay. that's how I I made a living for many years was as a graphic designer and, oh okay um, doing doing that work for other people mm-hmm. so um, I I have so much fun doing that stuff and mm-hmm. it really does feed the creative side yeah um, making those videos was a huge part of the of the album cycle for for me um and a couple of them i could you know i could see sort of where the direction of the video would go mm-hmm. um when the song was coming together but most of the you know most of the final product is due to to workshopping it with especially the first video that was um that was with the uh this light that i that i'm kind of um, manipulating, mm-hmm. um, that was entirely just workshopping with my friends. You know, we'd get together a couple hours every week and just kind of like play around me and my friend Miguel. Um, and then finally we were like, okay, I think we have something. Let's maybe start involving, should probably get a dance coach in here. Should yeah. probably get some, you know, so see if, if, um, we can, add another visual element. And that was actually the first time I started working with Stephanie Coos, who is, um, the uh, projectionist who works oh, okay. on all of my stuff. And yeah. so she has just become an integral part of the project. She's been on tour with me the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, for Winnipeg listeners, they might know her from the, um, the Royal Canoe shows that Royal Canoe just did by the, by the, oh, okay. the, the river, the, um, the, the ice, the ice show. Yeah. Um, so Steph was projecting on the building behind them. Um, but her work has has become like a huge part of the visual identity. Mm-hmm. But just that, I mean, just playing around with those people has been one of the most joyful parts because it can get so serious. Yeah, you know? for sure. You, you're just so wrapped up in statistics and yeah. analytics and and you know grant budgets and and tour budgets and yeah, yeah, yeah. itineraries and all this stuff. It can just get so serious. And so getting to be playful and and you know, just to, to get kind of wild with those videos yeah. was such a joyful part of the When they're project, also beautifully you know? done. Like even as, is the, was it the first one with the light? Yeah, that's right. Even yeah. that is just like, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. So but simple. But it's so like beautifully shot and performed. And like, it's, it's just incredible to see something that simple be that beautiful. It, yeah, it, it that was such an in- Riching experience. It was so, so, that's like something that has been feeding me for the entirety of the record's yeah. life. Um, just because it was one of the most positive 
experiences I've had making something mm-hmm. because we all felt you know there was a, a good amount of pressure but not too much yeah and we just had the time to to just kind of exp- everything that happens in that video is in one take oh, and okay everything that happens in that video is in the room so yeah. you know we had like my my sister was spinning the chair that I was sitting on. Yeah. You know, she was at my feet for the whole video and then like crawling out for the <laughs> wide shots yeah. and then crawling back in to keep spinning the chair, you know, yeah. and then and then um Stephanie's there with her projectors and she has this, you know, the projector was casting a weird light. So at a certain point she has to like hold up a, a you know, a sign that's like blocking the light from the projector and then she like pulls it out again yeah. for the you know, and 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 the camera was was like spinning around and around the the scene and mm-hmm. and everything was just happening in the room and yeah. so it was just a really special experience you know we we just had such a great time making it and and so that has because it, because it can just get so so complicated mm-hmm. sometimes you know around what we do that I just kind of always go back to that experience as like no keeping things simple can also be a really yeah. powerful thing, you know. And you've got uh, a couple shows coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that this podcast probably won't be out in time for, <laughs> uh, which is playing the Village Idiots yep. uh, live at the Roslyn, which is amazing. Have you been to one of their tapings before? I have not been in the room, no. So it's, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> the free torque beers can get a person into trouble. But, you know, um, I, I love what after those guys... The show, after the show, after the show. Yeah, of course, after the show. That's it. Um, Trust me with live looping after the oh, show. I could, yeah, I could see that being a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those guys are doing some great things totally, for yeah. not only Winnipeg, but Manitoba artists. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully a future podcast coming out with them. It's recorded. Just got to work on it. Oh, that's Perfect. awesome. Um, what kind of expectations do you have for that? I'm really looking forward to it because... Um, it's Winnipeg is so funny in that way that it's a tiny community, but on the you know on the other end, there's so many people in it that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily get to interact with that much. And you know, I've of course seen um, seen that team just doing what they do for years, and and been thinking like that's just so great that mm-hmm. that exists for our for our scene. And but I haven't really actually gotten to hang out with them that yeah. much. So this is going to be really nice. They're all super. Super nice people. Yeah, I, look I think you're to gonna it. have a blast. I'm gonna try to tune in from Mexico. <laughs> Depending we'll where see, you're at. we'll see how the yeah. Wi-Fi is going. <laughs> yeah. And you also have on February 19th, mm-hmm. Festival de Voyageur. Yeah. Obviously not your first time playing Festival. No. Probably not your first time going to Festival <laughs> either. No, let's say I've been there a few times <laughs> in my life. <laughs> um what are you excited about this year's festival? Because I mean I it's one of my favorite festivals totally all year minus the cold but there's ways That's around a part that of it. it's part of it you got to just have some caribou in a glass you know, made of ice and, and some good and some good boots. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, that's also maybe more important. So, what, what are you kind of uh, <laughs> excited about this year's festival than? I mean, not previous ones, but just this year's. Yeah, I well, on a personal note, um, the show that I'm playing at the festival is opening for Ariane Moffat, who is truly a giant in the francophone music scene. She's someone I've been listening to since I was, you know. It's spinning CDs at the like Radio Scolaire yeah. at my elementary school, you know. Um, so 
I'm just really excited to get to play that show with her. I also hope that people will get to discover her music because mm -hmm. she really is an incredible artist and also kind of was a kind of was a pioneer in the in the sense that she was uh, one of the first women to like dive into um, producing in, in in Quebec and mm -hmm. she um, just had just as a matriarch of the of the music you know yeah. so i'm really excited for that nice um just a big name coming through for for us and so. that you've never seen before i've never seen her oh, live okay. no so and she um i think this is going to be a more of a stripped down show for her mm -hmm. um but uh so many of my friends have seen her kind of full blown out electronic show and it's apparently just totally wild nice <laughs> so, but i mean like we said yeah. earlier stripping down can be so keeping it simple too, yeah i mean mm -hmm. As, as you learned, there's no there's no hiding behind anything. No. There's no like <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, well, where can people check out your stuff? This is where you tell all the the websites and yeah. everything. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, maybe I'll spell my name because that's that, usually where the trip up happens. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so um, my website's just r a y a n n a h dot c a, um, and so all the links are there. Um, but on Spotify as well, or any streaming service. Yep. You know where the internet is and um yeah and uh other than that i mean i'm around town a fair bit and i was gonna say do you have anything else coming up after like festival well i'll be skipping out for a bit uh heading back to to ontario and quebec um and then uh some stuff in france after nice. that so nice. i will be you know yep. bouncing around a little bit but yep. um hopefully uh get to announce some stuff in the city say in early April. Ooh, so. <laughs> ooh. Awesome. Well, thank you for sitting down and talking with thank me. You. And I will be in back. I will be back in time to catch you at Festival, which oh, I'm very awesome. happy about because <laughs> I missed the first weekend, which I'm kind I'm uh, very shoot. bummed out well, about. Well, you will be in Mexico, so it's not I know, so bad. I know. It's not the worst <laughs> place to be. But like I said, Festival is always one of my favorite times a year. But yeah. I'm, I'm very happy I'll be able to be back in time to to catch the second weekend at least. Very cool. Well, thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you so much. All right, there you go. There was my conversation with Rihanna. I really hope you enjoyed that. And you can check her out at, let's just get this page open. Um, she's got a, a show coming up on February 19th with Ariana Moffat. I probably said that wrong because I do not speak French very well. But it's part of the Festival de Voyager, which is going on all week and this weekend. I had to miss the first weekend. Super bummed about it. Saw a lot of great photos from a lot of my friends. It it looks it looks phenomenal. I'm I'm very excited for next weekend to go check it out. Uh, but February nineteenth, seven thirty. It's the Wednesday at the CCFM. Um, you can I will put some links up where you can check out Rihanna's stuff. Uh, definitely go check out her music. Go see her live. Go just go support local music. Ch go check out the uh, the Festival de Voyager if you've never seen it or never gone. It is hands down one of the best festivals, especially in the winter. There's nothing to do here in the winter except freeze, and the people at Festival de Voyager just do such a great job of getting some really great artists in, and it's always always a really good time. So go check it out. Support local. I know, I know you're going to be annoyed and whatever, but 
it's one of those things. If you don't support local, your local scene, your local scene's not going to support you. So get out there. Uh, again, big thank you to Mikey Lipanowski for lending me some equipment um, that I'm going to eventually buy some for myself so I don't have to borrow his. But the the audio quality, I think, sounds amazing, and it's all thanks to him and his, his tireless work with me and my numerous questions that I have, and he's helped me a lot. So thanks, everybody. And I forgot to mention... Yeah, I'm going to play some songs by her too, obviously. So uh, I just kind of, I went through her new album, which is not that new new, but you know, it's new enough. It's called, oh God, I, I hesitate actually saying this because um, I can't speak French. I can't even pretend to speak French, uh, but it's called uh, No Nose Repair. I don't, can't say it. Just go check out her damn page. I can't speak French. But anyway, um, the first song I'm going to play is a song called Say Matin. And then the next one up is Delphine et Mary Lou. And we're going to end it all out with uh, one of her English songs, The Love We're Worth. It's, yeah, she's phenomenal. What else can I say? Just go listen to her. All the all the information to check out her stuff will be posted in the, the, the description, the links all that stuff and go see her February 19th at CCFM. All right. Thanks guys.
faire vos preuves naïves Prête à tout, les bricolards s'attardent sous le long du fleuve Ruée vers l'épreuve So 